You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? another issue of imagine if this week i mean is there anything else going on in comic books other than avengers <laughs> infinity war chris oh my god calm before the storm i'd say so yeah it's like i think everybody said all right the last week of april just put stuff out there to keep stuff out there <laughs> but yeah we're we're gonna be wednesday night comic books are probably gonna be put on hold for thursday night's <laughs> preparation of infinity war <laughs> i mean uh, we've both gone and seen it i i have to say i severely enjoyed it i oh my god that was a great film i mean it was like literally sit down and buckle up i mean it just hit the fan it hit the ground running it was amazing i enjoyed it so essentially uh, i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of talk about what comic book storylines we feel went into making uh, avengers infinity war because you know the the marvel cinematic universe they tend to Sample from the comics. Sample, paste and cut, or cut and paste, I should say, and, and you know, remix storylines to, to make their, their movie lines, which is fine. They, oh, yeah. They've been doing a great job of it so far. I, can, I can't, I can't uh, hate on them. Uh, it's not like Batman v Superman where they decided to take three different storylines and then <laughs> put it into one movie. Well, you know, I mean, it's neat. Like, I, I, I guess, honestly, like for me, honestly, like the original X-Men trilogy – taught me a lot about separating my comic book fandom from my comic book movie fandom. Right. And it was one of the best things that could have happened because I really learned to enjoy them a lot more. And I will give them props, you know, because we're saying sampling from the comics. But it's awesome because it's like, you know, as soon as I watched the movie, I went home and I read the first three issues of Infinity Gauntlet. And, like, I was like, oh, I saw that in the movie. Mm. What a great homage, you know. <laughs> so it's, that's really cool when you get to see that, you know. So when we get to talking about that, there might be some... Spoilers. Yeah, there's probably going to be some spoilers for Avengers Infinity War. So if after we get done talking about what we read this week, we you can go ahead and... Uh, if you hadn't seen the movie, pause, go watch the movie, come back, listen to us. But, I mean, it's pretty much busted all the like box office records for you know making all the money. So I'm going to have to assume... Yeah. That everybody and their mom has seen this movie now. And maybe if you're you're, you're like, I want to see it three times before I hit the threshold, maybe then you need to fair pause. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and then, you know, maybe we can also do, we'll chat about some of the Easter eggs that we saw in the movie. Cool. If you, if you, if you caught any. Uh, all right. But first, let's talk about the spinner rack. Let's see. This is the the this is the week the the this is the Wednesday before Free Comic Book Day. So yes, and honestly, May is going to treat us very well. I have a both companies are going to hit uh, May second if I'm doing my math correctly. May second, they're going to hit the ground hard, and then obviously the following Saturday, Free Comic Book Day. So go to your local comic shops, um, check in your town. You know, sometimes like Barnes and Noble or other bookstores will have their own free comic book day parties because there's going to be some great stuff coming out of Marvel for Free Comic Book Day. And if you're in Yuma, we'll be at the Yuma Library Comic Con. Yuma, is it Yuma County Library? 
probably I think it might be you know a county library. Okay. Comic Con, I think. Yeah. We'll just put extra C's in there. <laughs> UCLCC CCCC. <laughs> Definitely come out and say hi to us, and they'll be doing their free comic book day event. Yes. All right, so this Wednesday, go to your local comic book stores or however you get your comics. So from DC Comics, I would keep my eyes out on the Action Comics Special Number 1. That comic will wrap up Dan Jurgens' um, time or his current time on Superman. So I would almost say read that and then go back and read Action Comics 1000 so you could see you know, even more of a little bit of an ending. So he's going to be doing Action Comics Number 1. No, wait. Action what? Comics Special Number 1. Special yeah. Number 1. So... Is Bendis doing Action Comics 1001? Yes. And also Man of Steel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like, there, if I remember correctly, I think everything for Superman is going to start June. So, like, this month, we'll get, we'll probably get the Action Comics special, Skip Week, then the Superman special, Skip Week, and then Man of Steel 1 through 6 or whatever they're doing. And then we'll go back to Action Comics 1001. Uh, Superman brand new number one and then it'll go from there yeah, so it'll mimic kind of what they did back in 86 with the original Man of Steel yeah because they're with that Man of Steel special they're they're dropping all those issues in the in that one month right pretty much yeah they're just like all right here's what you would have done condense it and you know make a make a good closure for your run for mm. your plot holes and, and not plot holes but plot lines right things like that uh, okay so uh, what yeah, was- so that's gonna be a great one um Batman issue 46 comes out and that continues with Booster Gold and Batman's version of the man the, for the gift for the man who has everything. Uh, I will say when I read part one, that was fantastic. It was really good. Like I just I'll be honest with you. I was kind of like, eh, you know, who cares? But I mean, Tom King just hits hits him out of the park every time. So it was awesome. But it does kind of put a weird thought in my mind because it's like, oh, wait a second. He was just visiting Superman. He's like, no, I don't want to alter the timeline. I won't save your parents. I won't save Krypton. And now he comes to Batman and it's like, fuck the timeline. I want to give you a gift. Here's what your life would have looked like. You know, so, but hey, Booster's a weird guy. So I think it's, it's okay. more of a, it's a, it's a wonderful life. He's just going to show him stuff. He's not going to actually let him keep it that way. So. Well, he won't let him keep it, but at the same time, he did make it so. Uh, so fair that's enough. That's the tough part. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a wonderful life with uh, a little bit more heroics. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is the big book. Take a dollar and buy four of them. Uh, DC Nation number zero. It's 25 cents. Uh, this book, I'd recommend at least buy three. Why three? Because this has three major stories in it. Uh, One of them will be Batman. And I think this is the one where we learn about the Joker finding out about the upcoming wedding. So it's like he literally walks into some guy's house and he's staring at his mailbox and he's like, why hasn't my invitation come? And this guy's like, oh shit, the Joker's <laughs> here going nuts. So you want to get that so you could put it in your Batman pile. Um, the next one is going to be a, another part of Man of Steel uh, just because with Bendis writing that, we've gotten a little bit of sneak peek, so we're going to have a, a, a part in there, and that'll be Bendis teaming up with, if I remember correctly, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Beautiful artist, just amazing stuff. You've seen his art because he's the one that when they decided to put DC Comics mainstream in the 70s and 80s, they used his art style. So that's why we are very familiar with with all that stuff. I mean, if you've ever owned a pair of Superman underwear, it was probably his drawings. <laughs> um, so anyway, so you want to get one to put in your Man of Steel collection. And then finally, the third piece will be by Scott Schneider. And this will continue, or actually this will be a starting point for No Justice. Right. So this is going to be the big one for DC. So yeah, like I said, go get some copies. There's going to be some variant covers 
Good luck, because they are going to be ridiculously overpriced. So, what is it about? Is it both companies they're doing uh, weddings in the in the beginning of the summer? I was looking at that too. Yeah, because it's like we have we're going to get a surprise wedding in the Thor books. Um, oh, it was Balder, Balder the Brave, and Hela? Oh, okay, you know, and then apparently Thanos is going to crash that. Uh, then we're getting Colossus and Kitty over in the X Men books, right? And then Batman and Catwoman. Yeah, and it's so funny because. What, back in 2011, DC New 52, we don't want a married Superman. We don't want to, these, these marriages age the characters. Uh, whenever One More Day happened, you know, or was it, no, yeah, One More Day because then it was one moment of time. But yeah, One More Day, brand we don't want a yeah. brand new day. Sorry, no, yeah, One More Day, which launched brand new day. Right. And it's like, we don't want a married Spider-Man. We want him couch surfing and being a loser again. And it's like, but it's funny because you can read about a Superman with a kid, a Batman with a kid, now a Spider-Man with a kid as well. You know, so it's kind of funny how it's like they doubted that stuff, but it's like, no, those books are holding very strongly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I guess whatever, you know, the changing of the season, it's, there's love in the air. <laughs> it's all Poison Ivy. That's what she's doing. Oh, uh, I would say I, I just finished up that story arc where Poison Ivy controlled everybody in oh, the band. Yeah. That was a good book. That was a good arc. That was. That was um, very yeah. amazing. He's really going for all this, like, let's make the, let's, make you sympathize for the for the villain like batman's rogues like tom king it's tom king right yeah, yeah tom king's really doing that and i'm like wow you know i did feel for poison ivy in that story you know yeah he he did such a great job and it's like i think i mentioned this before somewhere but it's like if he stays at dc put him on suicide squad take advantage of what he's doing with villains and take advantage of his cia background mm-hmm. could you imagine how fucking awesome that book would be i didn't know he was wor- he worked for the cia yeah, yeah he's a former cia field operative too wow. not just like a desk guy but i mean he'd, he'd be out there in some of the stuff so yeah that's why he's doing a lot of stuff like the upcoming sanctuary mm-hmm. uh, i think they just mentioned it in one of the books and you know it's like basically it's kind of like yeah we all just face crisis on infinite earth let's go have a meeting and be like i just saw my best friend turn into antimatter and die i don't know how to handle this you know like we're here for you aquaman it's gonna be okay (laughs) sorry aquaman fans i had to pick somebody (laughs) but uh, yeah no he's doing some fantastic stuff and you're right that uh poison ivy arc was fantastic uh, Doomsday Clock number two will be getting a second printing. So if you are on the hunt for all the covers, definitely keep that out on your uh, watch list. Green Arrow 40. Green Lantern Kyle Rayner Volume 2 Trade Paperback. That was such a... Well, obviously, this was continuing the Green Lantern era for Kyle as he took over the books. But I, and like, I'm torn because... I mean, I appreciate those books, but honestly, I felt Grant Morrison wrote a better Kyle. But I do want to pick up Trade 2 just because that has the Parallax View story. And I love that one because that was the one when Hal comes back and Gantlet comes back and they both basically come up to Kyle and be like, you suck, give us the ring. <laughs> and like, he's got these insecurities because of Ron Mars and no offense, buddy, but you know, back then you did a good job of beating on Kyle. Um, yep. And so Kyle does everything he can to defend the ring. And Ganthlet's like, okay, fine. You should have the ring. Cause I don't want Hal to have the ring. So, and then Ganthlet goes and collects like a mini justice league, more Hal's friends. And they do everything can to stop Hal. and Hal at the last moment does win. He's got the ring. He's beaten the league, but he's like, I've caused so much damage 
this isn't the right way. And like, finally that was good character growth for Hal. And he does, he gives the ring to Kyle and there's like a little bit of a blessing, you know, but I just, I don't know. I thought that was such a great story. So I would put that on your radar. And plus Daryl Banks, his art, you can never go wrong. That stuff is beautiful. I wish, I wish they'd pick him up. Uh, Obviously something's going to be happening in the Green Lantern books very soon. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, you know, get, can you imagine him and Ethan Van Scriver, those guys back to back on the Green Lantern books? Wow. Every month is a poster. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is going to be a neat little one. Harley Quinn is going to have her own little spinoff book called Harley Loves Joker. So if you're a Harley Quinn fan and you want to kind of see how their relationship is developed, uh, that one definitely put on your radar. I will probably, I'm going to wait for reviews and see how it happens, but it looks really fun. Uh, Injustice 2 issue 25. That was a big one because that will contain digital issues 49 and 50. Wow. And like I said, I can never say enough about that book. It is fantastic. Uh, we're, we're seeing the Red Lanterns come into play. Dude, that's like, I'm a little bit more hyped for that than I was when it came <laughs> in the original book. So that's awesome. Some shout-out love. Nightwing number 44 will be out there as well. And then the last big collection coming out of DC will be Zero Hour, Crisis in Time. Yes, it's very mired in the 90s and stuff like that. (laughs) But it was such a great story. Uh, Just watching heroes put it out on the line. Uh, This is another one where we – this is the first time we see Hal Jordan take the name Parallax. Um, This is fresh off of Emerald Twilight where he took the power. Then Emerald Fallout in the Guy Gardner books where he even destroyed uh, the yellow ring that Guy had. And, you know, at that point he's like, I know what I'm going to do. And then he goes into Zero Hour where it's like, I'm going to wipe out the timeline. I'm going to be the guardian who watches everything and make sure it all comes out nice and great. And it's like, but you can't do that because life is going to have bad, you know. And who are you to decide what's right and what's wrong? So just a beautiful story. Uh, It's typically been collected in trade paperback. You're probably going to pay a lot for a trade, so this is going to be a nice hardcover, uh, $25. And if I remember correctly, they're actually going to collect Armageddon 2001 in that as well. So you're getting two time travel stories. Mm. So that one you'll also see the fall of Hawk as he becomes Monarch. And then Monarch becomes Exant during Zero Hour. Yeah, a lot of crazy name changing. <laughs> if you read this book, keep a dry erase marker board near you so you can keep track of who's what and where. But that's what's going to be coming out at coming at you from DC Comics. Uh, Dynamite, if you're a Red Sonja fan, they are going to be creating Red Sonja Tarzan number one. Um, I know Tarzan has been, he's always one of those ones like a lot of people are like, oh, that's cool. It's a book to pick up. So I would definitely pick that up. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Vanishing Man number one. They've been doing some Sherlock Holmes comic books and they're actually fun. Mm. You know, so we, we're having another miniseries startup right there. Let's see. Now, jumping over. Sorry. It's okay. Um, Walking Dead, or sorry, Image Comics will be giving us Walking Dead number 179. I'm going to be honest with you. Like this season, or I guess this past year, I've been a bad fan. Uh, I haven't, like, I've just been so busy that I haven't, I only watched like season or episode one of the current season. Okay. So obviously when I get some downtime, I'll, I'll have to check that out. But the book, I don't know, like, I kind of feel like we're getting ready for an era without Grimes. You know, like, I just, I don't know. I feel like Rick's going in both the comic and the show. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. So I've been a little bit behind, but I know we're getting a lot of new characters. 
uh, just because a lot of the older characters are either dead or being phased out. Right. So, you know, but that's, it's always, a, it's a good book to check out. So I'd put that on your radar. Um, all right. Now here we are at Marvel Comics. So Astonishing X-Men number 11 will be out there. That'll be continuing on the Man Called X storyline. Um, this is the big one. This is the book you should be buying multiple copies of if you can. Avengers number one. Yes, I know we already have 20 different Avengers number one. <laughs> but this one's going to be big because this is Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. They're jumping on the book. They're bringing in the big guns. Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, uh, She-Hulk, Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes, um, Doctor Strange, Black Panther. I think I said six characters, so I think that's the, the current lineup. This is going to be big. Like Honestly, I'm so excited for this book. I feel like I'm back in the Kurt Busiek, Avengers, Grant Morrison, JLA era. Ooh. Like, this feels like it's like, okay, here comes the summer blockbuster comic book. So I've sadly been collecting Avengers out of sheer stupid fanboyism. <laughs> um, I've been buying them. I really haven't even bothered to read them. Like, finally, I'm getting caught up with No Surrender. But everything before that, I could care less about this. I'm finally excited. So I think this is something you should definitely jump on as well. Uh, Captain America 701 will be continuing on. So we're going to be seeing the last couple of issues of Mark Wade's run before it's relaunched on the 4th of July with Captain America number one, a.k.a. Captain America 708. There will be dual numbering. So if you were curious, oh. um, going back to, like, say, Avengers number one, I think that'll be number one, but it's actually 691. So you're going to see it'll be number one, and then nine issues later we'll have 700. <laughs> so be prepared. Uh, you will be doing some math. There will be a test. Um, if you're a coloring fan, there is Color Your Own Deadpool or Color Your Own Han Solo. So those have been really fun. Um, I like doing that. Sometimes I would print out something in black and white and, and ink it and color it. You know, as, as they famously said, you know, I'm tracing it. But I'm like, <laughs> screw you. I'm enjoying myself. Hunt for Wolverine continues on as we get part one of Weapon Lost. Um, you know, I, I kind of I'm bummed with Marvel doing that for the Hunt of Wolverine. Like we're finally seeing how he's back. And it's like four or five miniseries. I wish they would have just done one big book. Like, yeah, even if you did two issues a month for six months, you made a 12-part series, that's fine. Don't make me track down all these extra books that are going to be just fluff. That is horrible. Four miniseries for one character? Like... You are milking Wolverine for everything. Yes. And they've like milked the hell out of him because it's like we have X-23, old man, you know, uh, his two sons. You know, I mean, it's like Wolverine everywhere. And I get it. But it's like, damn, for a character who was gone for a couple of years, (laughs) he still was being milked. And now he's back. And it's like, let's go. Let's go ham on this one. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so I know I'm I'm buying the one that has Daredevil in it, and frazzle frazzle frazzle. But anyway, so yeah, if you're a Wolverine fan, now is the time to uh, start selling blood. Uh, <laughs> Infinity Countdown number three will be out there. I'm loving that book, and obviously Infinity Countdown. There's going to be a free comic book day Infinity Watch on the first May in the first Saturday in May, and then we're going to see that spin out into Infinity Wars with an S. So that's going to be something big. Rise of the Black Panther number 506. This is giving us an origin tell of T'Challa family and the Black Panther mythos. So I know that character's gotten a great spotlight, so I definitely would say keep going out there and getting those. 
Now for some stuff that will make it easier to collect. The True Believers, we will have a Kitty Pride and Wolverine issue, and then Wolverine Sword Quest. So if you didn't get enough Wolverine, here's more, but at a better price point. Venomized, number five of five. It's been a decent crossover. It definitely didn't get the spotlight, but it's been a decent read, so it'll finally come to a conclusion. So I'm excited. Um, it's It has the, uh, the X-Men blue team in there, so I'm very curious what's going to happen to them. So this will be the book to go. If you have some money and you're very interested, they have the, well, two of them, so we're not done milking Wolverine yet. Weapon X the Return Omnibus and Wolverine Goes to Hell Omnibus. So there's going to be two of them hitting out. That's $225. Do your research before you commit. (laughs) I would... Uh, maybe the one goes to hell would be a little bit better because if I remember correctly, that's some Jason Aaron Wolverine, and he did a great job there. But yeah, hundred and three three digits that's that's a much. <laughs> and then finally, last two books: X Men Gold number twenty seven. This will be continuing on towards the wedding of Kitty and Colossus. And then lastly, for all you deadheads out there, you are Deadpool number one. This is basically going to be like a VR comic. Like it'll all be kind of point of view and your Deadpool. And then it's a little bit of a choose your adventure type of stuff. Oh, like it's wow. supposed to be really, they've hyped it as an, as an interactive comic book. So I'm curious how they're going to do that. What an interesting character to start it off with, to, to be Deadpool of all characters. Yeah. Well, I guess they're figuring, Hey, if we're going to break the fourth wall, uh, that's enough. the way to yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's a that's a full spinner rack right there. That's a, that's you got a lot of comic books to choose from if you do choose. But let's talk about what we've been reading this week. I want to say that I finally finished up Mystic U. All, oh, good! All three issues, and no, no, it wasn't. Oh, like <laughs> I remember being so hyped about this when the fir- when first issue was like solicited. solicited yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah, this is this is great. Like, this is a character they don't spend enough time in with the DC universe. Uh, Zatanna, a character that I've always, I've liked for a long time, uh, and we're gonna oh she she went to a, a university that you know specializes in teaching them magic and stuff that that's kind of against her story of learning from her father and stuff but that's okay we're adding new things you know it's it's giving her more of a story oh at this university there's a whole bunch of other characters that we know that also <laughs> that either are <laughs> either teachers or uh, or students but I think they. I don't know. You know, I should have looked up who the writer was, but I'm sure he went, he, and I'm saying he, it could have been a woman. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that writer went into the DC office, talked to their editor and was like, hey, I have this great idea. They were like, yes, let's do it. And then the first issue, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we need to make some changes kind of thing. Because I really feel like a lot of what they set up in that first issue gets lost and then dropped. Like, by the time you get to the third issue... Which is weird that it's a three issue mini and that they came out every other month and you know everything is just super sped up and and lost and you know just very much uh, disconnected from the rest of the book. Like the whole beginning of the book is a big like annihilation scene and then uh, it jumps back in the time, but then it's not supposed to be a jump back in time. It's supposed to be a, a some type of spell and then. It's an illusion, or I don't know. It, it it doesn't connect at the end. Like one of the students ends up supposed to be the bad guy that kills everybody in the future, but oh, wow. you didn't really deal with that. The bad guy just comes back to the past, and you deal with it then. It's just like I don't know. It it was a very bad miniseries. Like it's not well written at all. 
the storylines are lost. The you have I have no idea what we're supposed to, to bring out of this. Like, is there any ramifications you know coming out oh, of it? That's a shame. Is there any uh, you know character changes? Is it, essentially her uh, Zatanna and Fate? Um, no, not Fate. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, he was Fate at one point, but he's the son of Felix Faust. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, the two of them become a couple, kind of. Oh man, that's a bummer. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I guess that annoys me because it's like, oh yeah, when we think of all these female mystics, clearly it's only Zatanna, and she's dated everybody. Yeah, you know? it's like, oh, let's inject this mysterious past with her and Constantine, and they'll all have this ongoing relationship. Right, yeah. Then the Batman the animated series. Well, it's gonna be Batman. It's like, come on, man. Like, don't. I'm gonna say it, but it's like, don't whore her out that yeah. way. You know? Like, come on. Yeah. So. I, I I really have no idea what they were trying to do with this miniseries. What they were, what was their intention, and it ended up being nothing. Absolutely nothing came out of it. So uh, I was so disappointed. Yeah, it kind of. Yeah, that's a shame because even here I'm looking at the uh, the original interview for it, and it's like Mystic U is about a sheltered showbiz kid, Zatanna. And it's like that wasn't really her. No, a bitter rebel, Sebastian Faust, the Faust, son of Felix, yeah, yeah. and like I I don't think his name was Sebastian because I always remember him. You remember that Day of Judgment miniseries when mm-hmm. Hal Jordan became the Spectre, mm-hmm. and he was the one who sacrificed the Enchantress to reenlight the 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 hells, the fires, the flames of hell. Mm-hmm. I don't think his name was Sebastian. Mm. I feel like there's something wrong with that, but I could be wrong. A split personality, the Enchantress. She didn't have that ability as a teenager. She was like, wasn't she an archaeologist who was like, oh, look what I found, look what happened. A uh, competitive, preemed student, a new character named Pia Morales. Okay, fine, nothing wrong with that. And an awkward prodigy, Sargon the Sorcerer. If I remember correctly, Sargon the Sorcerer was Golden Age. Like oh, He wow. should have been running around with her dad, Zatara, not Zatanna. I don't know, but yeah, it's that's a shame to hear. And you know, I'll be honest with you, I I got gypped that way with Captain Adam when they did that miniseries, The Fall and Rise or The Rise and Fall of Captain Adam. They build this whole new world, and then we see nothing. And it's like, well, what are you going to do with it? Like, will this come back into play later? Will it be important? And it's a shame because it's like you invest your time and your money in a book, and there's no payout. So yeah. I'm sorry that happened. Like not even not even like. A payout for the rest of the DCU. I'm just talking like a payout in the three books itself. Like there's absolutely nothing happens in that book. Like nothing's resolved. Nothing you know is is found out. Nothing like even at the end of the book, Zatara is still missing. Like at the beginning of the book, he goes he disappear he disappears because uh, Zatanna couldn't control her own power, and it's just like it. I don't know what what at, at one point they're like oh is that my dad's top hat in that other realm and the teacher keeps telling her like don't worry about that that has nothing to do you don't need to worry about that just now so you get this idea that maybe she's going to go on this quest to find her father kind of thing but no that doesn't happen her and and uh Sebastian are just going to ride off on his motorcycle you know because they're a couple and like, that's a shame because they should have totally what you just said go off on her quest because that's how she actually first appeared in the Silver Age um they it was the the quest for the search for Zatara it was actually, and it crossed over all the books in its day. So it was an event. Wow. Before, yeah. So it was like in Hawkman, in Green Lantern, in Flash, and finally it culminated in Justice League. And then she, I, I don't know if she actually found her father or if she discovered, oh, my father died. But, and then that's where they even like, oh, you should be part of the Justice League because that's <laughs> where all the heroes are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was just, I, when I finally got to finish up that book, which, like I said, I was so excited about just because. 
I liked the concept, like, you know, Harry Potter in the DC Universe kind of thing, you know. Not that I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, but just something like that, I guess. Uh, I, I was a huge... Um, Avengers Academy fan, you know. Yeah. Or, well, it's neat when they do those books where you see heroes training the legacy. Yeah. And like, all right, that's fun. JSA, you know, yeah. that was that was a great book. So, yeah, yeah, it just did not end up doing it. Like, we had a whole bunch of, like, there was Dr. Cult, Mr. I think they said his name was Richard E. or Mr. E. Mystery, or, probably. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. E. Uh, the Who else was there? Um, like you said, Enchantress. Uh, Sebastian, Sebastian, <laughs> yeah, this this goopy like uh, slime monster that eventually became sentient and a student and like I, I don't know, it was just weird. It's just I don't know. Uh, so yeah, avoid that book if <laughs> you put any trust into my comic book reading and uh, reviewing. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So let's see. This week, this week I got sucker punched. I'm usually pretty good about knowing what's going to be big and what's going to be worthwhile, but it's so tough because when you look at your comic books, you're looking at them three months in advance. So that's such a tough job to be the guy who writes the solicits because it's like you want to tell people, buy this book, and you want to tell them why to buy this book, but that's spoilers, so you can't, you know? That's like how I feel. Not to cut you off, but that's how I feel like right now. I I got uh, Immortal Men, uh, uh, The Terrifics, and Sideways, all the books... Coming out of Coming the pages out of, DC of metal, metal. Yeah. yeah, and you know, essentially, I, I'm I'm on the hook for the first three issues before I even get to read the first issue. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, God, I hope I like this enough to keep going on with it. Yeah, no, and that, yeah, exactly, it's tough. Um, and I don't know if I'm gonna stick with with sideways, <laughs> just to, just to put that out there. Yeah, well, like, and you know what's tough about those books, like. No, okay, you're asking the fans to stick with it, but can we at least ask the creative to stay with it? Yeah. I don't mean to be hypercritical of that, but it's like, yeah, we're investing in these books, and it's like, I get it, you know, they're like, hey, when we do this this new post-metal stuff, we want it to be more artist-driven. Okay, that's totally cool. But yeah, like the writers, it's just kind of like, hey, here's what I want to do. Can you spell it out for me? <laughs> yeah, sure. And they write issue one, and then three, and then they're gone. So somebody comes in and fills in two, and, and you know, and it's like comics that have that, they really suck, you know, they just, they, they, you know, because the voices change and that's such a shame. And that's kind of what's happened with a couple of these new post metal books. Yeah. We're seeing creative leave. And in some cases we're even seeing the artist not be there. So you're kind of like, wait, what? You just bait and switched me. That's not cool. <laughs> but yeah. But anyways, well, luckily the books that got me are longer term books. Um, so the first one on my read flash issue 45. Now, Joshua Williamson has been doing a great job of Flash. I just, I'm going to be honest, like it's a shame because I've been buying Flash and then I stopped and I really stopped um, during New 52 because, you know, like I was buying Flash, it was Wally, and then finally Flash Rebirth happened. They brought Barry back into the mythos. Um, he became the mythos, you know, like honestly, Speed Force should not be a Barry thing. It should be a Wally thing. Mm. Uh, Barry should be getting used to the Speed Force, not being the guy who's making all the discoveries now. I think that's bogus. Or even the fact that he is the Speed Force, because then you're like, well, how do you explain Jay? How do you explain <laughs> Mac, Merc- Mac Max Mercury and all that, car, you know, stuff? And anyway, so like. But anyway, so yeah, I, I missed the boat when Rebirth came because I was so burnt out after New 52. I think I cut it off at issue 25. Uh, and then I just stopped. You know, I'd follow Flash from the outside. But anyways, Josh Williamson is building towards Flash War. 
And I didn't know to get this issue because it you know wasn't solicited as part of Flash War and all this and that. And probably I just didn't read the solicits correctly. But anyways, Flash 45, if you can go out and get a copy, you should because this is a big moment. Wally finally comes face-to-face with his Aunt Iris, Barry's love, uh, girlfriend, wife. I don't know, whatever they want to call her right now. <laughs> but anyways, that was huge because Wally is dealing with that. And, you know, like it's funny because like there's been a change in Wally. You know, because in DC Universe Rebirth Zero or Rebirth DC Universe Rebirth One, so he's in his gold, or he's in his classic Golden Age, not Golden Age, but in his classic Kid Flash costume, right? And it's like, oh, that's so awesome! And you know, it sounded like he remembered everything, like he knew DC Universe post Crisis, pre Flashpoint, he knew that whole era, right? Which was awesome. Post New Fifty Two, he didn't exist. Yeah. Because uh, then we got new Wally, yeah, yeah. Because then we got the new Wally, and then you know he's he obviously in that issue of Rebirth number one, he's like, why is it nobody remembers me? I have all this knowledge of everything that happened up until a certain point, and I'm I don't exist. And then yeah, he finally he makes contact with with Barry, yeah, with Barry, and he pulls him into the the new reality, the Rebirth reality. Yeah, but yeah, that's and he hasn't taken his knowledge, you know, and put it out there like, hey guys. You know, yeah. this nth metal is connected to Hawkman or, you know, whatever the case would be. You'd think he'd kind of be like a bigger character. Yeah. I mean, you know? I, I, I mean, essentially, he's just running around with Barry and then also tooling around with the Titans. Like, he's yeah. like hey, I'm just hanging out kind of thing. Yeah, I'm just going to be resting on my laurels. And it's like, and to me, I'm just kind of like, man. But again, they, they'll have plans. But anyways, this issue, the last page or second to last page, I forget. But Wall, or Linda makes contact with him and he regains all the memories. So now it's going to be like, okay, I think we're going to, hopefully The Flash will start being a book to watch. Wow. Because, like, we've already seen Hunter Zolomon's back. He's been living in the future, and he's like, all right, he's sending whatever those, the good guy rogues, I forget what they call them. He's been sending them back into the past to to mess around with the Flashes. And something that was neat to put on your radar, in one of the little corners, you know, of the big splash page where we see all the images of past comic books and stuff like that. We do see, I believe, Kid Flash Bart. Bart. So maybe wow. they're kind of sprinkling some seeds there. You know, I mean, we have been seeing Connor Kent, Superboy, and in some of the backgrounds, so maybe we'll get something there. That's right. So I'm very hopeful. But anyways, it was just a great issue, a great reconnect. Fantastic. Uh, another book I picked up was the Thanos Annual Number 1. God, I wish I had gotten on Thanos. You know, like I, I, the back issues are freaking ridiculous. Like they're fifty bucks a pop, something wow. like that. This Thanos wins, and this character is so crazy. You know, this cosmic Ghost Rider Punisher. You know, so anyways, the Thanos annual um, it expands upon his origin. So luckily, I managed to get a copy of that because I'll admit, when they do his comic book, I will probably pick it up. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, Frank's one of those characters I like. The spirit of vengeance, I love. And then you, you put him in a crazy situation. So it's like, okay, I want to try this out. This sounds like a fun what if. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last book that I managed to pick up to read was Wonder Woman issue 45. Uh, a lot of people have been giving shit to James Robinson for his run on Wonder Woman. And I think he's been doing fantastic because he's actually making her part of the bigger DC universe. Uh, you know, we, we know more about Jason Wonder Woman's twin brother. Uh, this one, I think he actually gets to come face-to-face with Hippolyta. Hippolyta. But also the major thing is this is going to be one of those ones where it, it definitely it plants a seed in what's going to happen with no justice because we see Darkseid really... I mean, he went from being a baby to being like an all-powerful Darkseid to where he's going to look 
like this more mage looking guy. Right. Uh, and that's where it happens in this book. So I thought he looked a lot like, um, Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, he did. Yeah, with that hood and, yeah. and his stances. Yeah, he definitely did. So this is the book where we see that change because Darkseid's been going around and stealing all this god power. You know, he killed Zeus and absorbed it. So now some of that power is expelled. And we do see Thanos is like, I need to go on this journey now because the source wall's been broken. And the source wall's always been like, you know, the little the little line in the sand you never cross. Well, now it's going to be there. So this kind of plants the seed as to why he's going to join justice league space or whatever they're called so mm. that'll be interesting so those were some really good books so i highly recommend go out to your comic book store if they have those on the back issue buy them because they're going to be some pivotal moments in both dc and marvel universe did you uh did you finish up the the nightwing judge series like story arc no the i've judge. been i've been kind of behind on my nightwing that's a I don't. I, I'm assuming this is a character that they just created. The judge. It sounds like it was. Yeah. Um, they they try to. Um, uh, I don't know. Not retcon, but uh, imprint oh, him. Interject him. Interject into him the, into, into the past. Yeah, like because yeah. in the storyline, Dick says he he ran into the judge two times before the the events of this story, mm-hmm. and it's once when he was Rob, like first starting off as Robin, and the judge like. You know, because of a mistake he made, the judge got away. Uh-huh. And then uh, once when he had given up the identity of Robin and was in college and before he had started the identity of Nightwing, uh, he he the judge had come to Gotham University, I guess, and, and caused some havoc. And he almost caught him then, too. But he the judge had gotten away. Um, now, I'm curious if you don't mind. Sorry. Two questions. So what did Robin's costume look like when, when Dick was flashing back? Did it look like the new 52 Robin, where it's kind of like a Tim Drake hybrid? Or was it the actual pixie boots and leggings? I'm almost positive when they did when he, when they showed him as the first time being... Or when, when he was first starting off as Robin, I think it was more of the the Tim Drake kind of okay, outfit. That one. Okay. With the short sleeves and the... Yeah, the, the full body suit, but with right, the short right. sleeves. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was curious because sometimes... like I heard there was one book, maybe it was the Titans, where they actually showed him. In the the pixie boot the costume, pixie boot costume. Um, and then this judge, like I'm curious because when you asked me and I was thinking about it, the only time I could think about the judge was in Batman the animated series, right? With that Two-Face. was one of those Two Faces identities. Did you do you feel like maybe they're picking up on something that, or maybe they're just taking the concept and saying, hey, let's flush it out and make it something? No, because that that judge is more like the Two Face judge or the third personality of of Harvey Dent. Like that's more of a I'm going to, I'm going to judge your uh, your merits, your you know your what you do kind of thing. This judge is more, it's more biblical and mystical. Like he he's judging the the character of your soul. Oh and, wow! And he's like he, he essentially is like if you've sinned, then I can control you, and if I can control you, then I can make you do things. And you know, I, I he's like he does this thing where he's like uh, I can give you whatever it is that you desire. And like you know, one person's like I you know I want more people to respect me. So then he gives him a gold a gold poker chip, and the poker chip, you know, essentially makes the person go and like, kill a bunch of people. So then you know people kind of respect you more because they know not to fuck around with you, kind huh. of thing. But uh, yeah, it, and 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 I guess you know in the new Rebirth universe, they're kind of hyping up Bloodhaven as uh, essentially is Atlantic City, you know? Yeah, the way it feels. And yeah, it's in, in 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 a big sin city as it is. So, uh, you know, everybody is subject to being used in, in a certain way. And, uh, yeah, it's I, 
the character itself, he, so eventually you find out that he's immortal, that he came about during the Pilgrim times, and they okay. they found him like guilty of doing something, so they threw him overboard, and he sank in the ocean. But then, because of you know his high moral code or something like that, something made it so that he lived forever, hmm. and he you know he's kind of got this like sanctuary in the ocean and. And now he has the ability to see um, everybody's soul as opposed to actually seeing. Because at, at some point in time, he sews up his own eyeball, like his own eyelids, so that oh, he wow. doesn't see he doesn't see anybody with his justice eyes. is blind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he just sees everybody's uh, inner soul thing. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't. So he's an evil, shallow Hal. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's a very good way of putting it. It's just it was an interesting story, but. Once again, it's like, I don't know if that's what I want from my Nightwing. You know, they're taking him in some different paths. Because I know, like, uh, the, the, the gentleman, I can't think of his name right now, but the guy who was writing Nightwing post-Rebirth, you know, he had, and his book was very connected and very grounded, which Nightwing should be. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, now there's been new writers on there. And, like, I think it's Sam Humphreys. I think he's the guy who took yeah. it over. and. He's kind of taken Nightwing in some different directions. And it sounds like, yeah, like this mysticism with Nightwing. It's like, that's not his gear house. And even then, I think we it's either going to be Humphreys is going to continue on or somebody else is going to continue on. But now they're going to start putting Nightwing into like some technology identity theft stuff. And it's like, again, like, like to me, that screams more Grayson than it would have Nightwing. Yeah. So maybe they're going to play on those threads. But yeah, they're really, they're, and, they're, they're doing some strange things. <laughs> speaking of that, like, uh, you said you'd, you'd been behind a little bit on, on your Nightwing, right? Yeah, like honestly, the last issue I read, like I've gleamed it and I've kind of, but the last issue I read was the the crossover into Metal. So I'm like, uh, okay. I think that was issue 29. So what was I'm, the last job you remember him having? Just like barely Grace. working with the, the, the counseling office, like whatever that, 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 that like YMCA type place for right. Bloodhaven. That okay. Was it, yeah. So after that, he ended up getting that job at uh, like working for Blockbuster as a poker dealer. Oh, okay, no, you're Blackjack right. Yeah, dealer. okay, yeah, I do remember that. And yeah. now he's got a, he's got a new job where he opened up his own business as a CrossFit like personal trainer, and <laughs> it's just like I don't understand why people can't seem to like either make it so that he has a steady job. I, I loved it when he was the 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 police officer for Bloodhaven. Yeah, I thought that I was thought cool. It was, like, it was a cool little job, you know, it was a cool idea. I mean, it's definitely conflicts with being a vigilante, but we've yeah. seen it done with other characters. Yeah. Or just make it so that he lives off of the money that you know Bruce Wayne is giving him anyways. You know, it, I feel so bad because like, there's certain characters where their secret identity is important. And Dick Grayson is important. Don't don't get me wrong, but Dick Grayson isn't important. Like, <laughs> no, we care I more about exactly Robin, you know, because like we would watch him in Titans, and it's like, yeah, Titans. He'd live in Titans Tower, and he didn't have to worry. He'd right, go, like he could go on these crazy cosmic adventures or whatever bullshit the Titans were facing, and it was okay because Dick was not important. He, it was he's Robin to be missed. Yeah, and then when he became Nightwing, and they tried to ground him a little bit more, like, yeah, let's give him a secret identity. But he's always just been the trust fund baby. You know? like, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm the ward of Bruce Wayne. I can do these things. I'm money. I know? kind of feel the same way about uh, Spider Man and Peter Parker. Not that he's yeah. a trust fund baby, but like Peter Parker is obviously very important to the character of Spider Man. But Peter Parker is not important to the world as at large. Is, yeah. At, at large, yeah, like, like. <laughs> You know how if someone were to just pull off Spider-Man's mask, like back in the day, oh, yeah. you just see Peter Parker and be like, "Who the fuck's this?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not Tony Stark. You're not. Yeah. You're not. Uh, 
I don't know Some who uh, chump. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not Bruce Wayne. Like you, your your face isn't going to be recognized. My favorite one when so Black Cat and Spider Man were having a relationship, and then finally like Black Cat's like I'm Felicia Hardy, and he's like oh, and then so he's like well I'm not going to reveal myself. And then finally he decides to, and he takes the mask off, and she looks at him, and she knows Peter Parker from college days, and she's just like. Put the mask back on. Yep. <laughs> like, and that's how I've always viewed Peter. It's kind of like, wow, Spider-Man went from being cool to like, who the hell is this? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's go ahead and talk about some Avengers Infinity War. Uh, yeah. All the feel. Like, spoilers after this point. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So, all the feels. <laughs> oh, man. Uh First off, I give it six out of six Infinity Gems. Six out of six <laughs> Infinity Gems, yeah. That's, that's it definitely It gets a full good. gauntlet. <laughs> um, I, I, the fact that... I, I just feel like the fact that we were able to keep a coherent story with all those different characters oh, and, and, and a good amount of split time. Like I honestly didn't think there was going to be that much of Doctor Strange in this movie, but there really is. And coming from what you told me, how Doctor Strange and... Warlock and Silver Surfer, Silver Surfer were like the big three for Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Obviously, we have the notion of Adam Warlock being thrown around at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yes. And Silver Surfer is still part of the Fox deal, so we don't exactly get him yet. Maybe maybe not. Probably not. I mean, yeah, probably not in these movies. Uh, Maybe eventually once the Fox deal goes through for Disney, if it does. I mean, um, it sounds like it's it's pretty much It's looking like it's 99.9%, but there's still a chance. There's still a chance uh, it might not happen. So uh, I would guess at this point your Silver Surfer is being replaced with uh, the Hulk. Honestly, maybe probably Thor. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, and like, uh, so. See, I would have said Adam Warlock was Thor. Maybe. Then maybe you're right in that regard. But either way, I know, like, definitely those two characters got to bump up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I was. This blew my mind. So I went and watched the film, and it was just beautiful. Like, I, I did have to kind of sit in the car a moment. I was like, <laughs> just process, like, wow, what have I what have I seen? What just happened? Um, but, anyways, as soon as I went home, you know, I started looking at Infinity Gauntlet. And I read the first three issues, and I was like, okay, well, I got to go to bed. But I thought that was so cool. That, so, I mean, I've read Infinity Gauntlet. I've read it probably three or four times, but, you know, sporadically. Like, oh, I read it ten years ago and five years ago and so on. (laughs) It's not like it's fresh in the mind. And so I thought that was so cool, having just seen the movie and then flipping through the comics. That Yeah, they have that moment with Doctor Strange and Wong, and they're in the Sanctum Santorium, and they're like, all right, you know, what should we do, blah, blah, blah. And then, bam, right through the classic window, you know, here comes Silver Surfer. And it's like, well, obviously they couldn't do that, but I thought that was so cool. It's like, wow, they injected Hulk into that. And I was like, that was such a beautiful, like, homage to the art, to what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was right. So maybe you're right. Hulk would be Surfer. Um, and then Dr. St- or Warlock would be Thor. So, yeah, they kind of got to bump up in character. Yeah, because, I mean, eventually it is War- Adam Warlock that wears the Infinity Gauntlet and, and stops everything, right? So Yeah, because I think, like, basically Surfer helps him to get it. And, and uh, well, actually, okay, are you okay with a major spoiler that this may come to fruition? You think so? Odds are, oh, I, I would say yes. Let's say, let's okay, it. so let's think about this in the movie. Okay, so again... I apologize, but I, I hope you heard the spoiler warning there. Tony Stark is trapped on that planet on Titan. On Titan, right. Okay. Now, Titan is supposed to be one of the moons of Saturn. Jupiter. 
Jupiter? Yeah. Okay. So it's in our system, but I didn't feel like it was in this movie. No, I think they changed another planet. Yeah. But anyways, Tony Stark's there. Who's the character who's with him after everybody vanishes? Turns to Zen. Nebula. Right. So in Infinity Gauntlet, now Nebula is the granddaughter of Thanos. No, not the daughter. Of course, they change stuff. You know. But so anyway, so he's the she's the granddaughter, and in the Infinity Gauntlet, he's torturing her, like he's just using the gauntlet. So, like she looks like an, a zombie, like total like 1960 style puddle of goo zombie type of thing, right? <laughs> uh, not the mechanized version that we're so used to. But he is torturing. But he her is in torturing the movie. her, yeah, and in both we've seen it in the movie and in this comic. But at one point, through her hatred of it, like they tricked Thanos into being like, "Hey, well, take off the glove and fight us," and he's like, "Okay, fine," and he thinks he puts it in a safe spot. And in the battle, he loses concentration, so Nebula gets free. She wears the gauntlet. Oh. And she's the one who really puts it through the paces. So eventually that's when the heroes can, like, you know, the gauntlet's more loose and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, Nebula is going to have a huge part of this, you know. So Nebula's with Tony, and even Tony eventually winds up being one of the few humans to wear the Infinity Gauntlet. So I feel that those two characters, that's going to be, like, that's going to be the saving grace part of the book, you know. Um, I still think we're going to get Nova. I think Nova's going to be created. We'll finally get, like, an official... Just Nova, not the Nova Core. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to get a Richard Rider yeah. in the next in Avengers Four. I mean, especially after we hear that. Th- I mean, and it literally happens off screen before the movie even starts that Thanos went to Xandar, destroyed. Yeah, we have to assume it. that he he destroyed half, half of, of it, yeah. just like he he's done everywhere else. And it's going. To, he's and Richard Rider is going to come out of that. Like he's going to be a Xandorian, and he's going to be like, well, well, what if what if he comes out of Captain Marvel? What if he oh, left Earth true. back right. in the day and he's been living on Xandar and he just never bothered with Earth because, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, they may be humanoid looking and shape and whatnot. But, I mean, when you see Star-Lord, for the most part, he saw him in the mask unless he was there for the dance-off, <laughs> you know. But, you know, so maybe he had no reason to think Earth was involved. That's true. So maybe when he goes to Titan, he's like Tony Stark. Not that he would know who Tony Stark is, <laughs> but he'd be like... You're an Earthman. What's going on? So maybe that could be a great way to tie it back in. Uh, now you essentially narrowed it down to the to Infinity. The Avengers Infinity War movie is kind of the combination of three different comic book storylines. Yeah. So so here's what I'm thinking. So of course everybody's going to put out their list, and you know, and, and and I value comics because time and money. So for me, if if you are just like enamored by this and you want to learn more. Um, these are the trades I would recommend for you. So this one's going to be hefty, but it's huge. It's the Avengers versus Thanos. So it collects a ton of comics. Basically, it collects Iron Man 55, which is the first appearance of Thanos, and it runs all the way to Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number 2, which is the first death of Thanos. Because when Thanos first came across, he was on the search for power, the Cosmic Cube. And then eventually he's like, well, fuck that cube. There's these infinity stones or infinity gems back in the day, as we used to say. (laughs) So he he goes out and collects them or he tries for them. Uh, And this is all written by... Wow, I just forgot his name. Jim Starlin. Right. Uh, this is all written by Jim Starlin. Who's so, the creator of the yeah, character? creator of Thanos. Um, well, writer, creator, I guess. Yeah. The, Actually, an artist. Artist. Yeah, he does He does some artwork. So he's uh, the writer and artist? So he's the sole creator of sole Thanos? Sole creator of Thanos, oh, yeah. My bad. Uh, actually, it's funny. When he drew Thanos, because he, he admitted, you know, he's like, well, I was very much inspired by Jack Kirby's New Gods. Mm-hmm. So he stole from there. <laughs> and the way Thanos looked, he looked like Metron. 
Oh. And I think it was either Archie Goodwin or Roy Thomas. I think it was Roy Thomas. And he was like, well, if you're going to steal, make him look like Darkseid. That's the only good one out of the new gods. Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly he hadn't met Mr. Miracle yet. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, so that trade is great because it'll basically – it's epic. I mean, it is an epic story. Back in that time period, you didn't do events. You just you would have maybe crossovers. And this one goes all over the Marvel Universe. So it's going to have, you know, Thanos versus Spidey, Warlock, Surfer, uh, the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, Daredevil, and all these characters in there. So it's definitely a great precursor. Um, uh, and then, so that's where he dies. Um, and I think there's going to be some hints. I think we're going to see where they're going to steal from it because in that storyline, you do have Drax and Gamora involved. And we, like, unfortunately, the movie didn't play this up as much, but like, Drax is the man who can kill Thanos. That's why he was created. He was created to, to kill Thanos. But as time progressed, his character got more goofy, so he started being like a Hulk. Mm-hmm. So as he got bigger and buffer, he got dumber as well. He's also he's also an Earthling in the comic books, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a that's the difference that, that they really change. made in, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. They made him so that he was uh, an alien. An alien, yeah. yeah. I mean, they still kept that as his wife and kids were killed by Thanos, but yeah, they changed the fact that he was a human reborn with the power. You know, so anyway, so yeah, so I would get that trade. That's going to give you a lot of the origins and um, motivations. So then the next trade I would jump to is the Infinity Gauntlet itself. So obviously, you know, I, I, Infinity War does sound better than Infinity Gauntlet. You know, and and honestly, big big news: the Gauntlet isn't important. It was just, oh, this is where I can stick these little stones. Right? You know, it yeah, could have been the Infinity Necklace. Or, it was a. You know, it, is this the way to harness the, yeah, the just energy? To keep them in one location. Which made me think. So you know, in Volume uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, you know, we see. Uh, it almost kill Star Lord to hold it, and you know oh, yeah. uses all of his uh, his friends to separate the power, or whatever, what have you. Yeah. Um, and he's half a celestial, right? Isn't that what Ego was? Yes. Yeah. Ego, the living the planet, is a era. celestial. So, uh, just like nowhere was a celestial. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thanos, he's a Titan. Right. And actually, this is a weird one. I just learned this recently. He's also an Eternal. Oh, is he? Yeah, because they basically rolled that stuff into when Kirby returned, mm. and he was like, "Oh, I didn't get to finish the new gods, so and I because I didn't get to finish the Asgardians, <laughs> I created the new gods, and then since I couldn't finish them, I created the, the Eternals. Eternals. Yeah, that's right. You know, and ripping so, himself off a twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so, anyways, they wound up basically taking. Uh, Star Fox, Thanos, and those characters, and making them Eternals. Mm. So, like a little bit more of a power boost. So. That's a, I guess that's what I was going to get is that because I mean yes he's using the the gauntlet itself to to hold the 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 gems the right. stones but before he puts them into the the gauntlet he you see him holding it in his own hand so yeah. is he that powerful alone like without the the gauntlet or without the other stones or did you think it's because he has that first power stone from Xandar in the movie that he's able to hold said uh it's with the space stone and then uh you know yeah and then as he gathers the, the time stone yeah yeah I, I would definitely say that's probably what helps like mm-hmm. the fact that he because it's like when ronin put it into his hammer right you know he could hold the hammer and he'd be okay he got the power up so i think by him putting it on the gauntlet 
that's what enabled him to get some more power to where he could harness it in his bare hand. Um, but, you know, the rules change and stuff like that because, you know, at Guardians 1, we didn't know what Peter Quill was half of. Right. You know, and even then I would wager to say the script writers didn't know what he was going to be half of because <laughs> what, what should we do? Should we just keep his origin or change it? Um, but, yeah, it was very, very interesting. So probably the fact that, like, I mean, I would, I would definitely say Thanos is of a – stronger alien race mm-hmm. but I, I like your theory of that well since he's got one stone it helps him to find another stone right. and so on or contain another stone yeah so but you know but even then in the comics we never saw that you know like anybody could hold a stone and it was okay yeah like we see the the illuminati and yeah. the, the, they each one of them is holding their stone though, though they usually keep him some kind of containment unit because they don't want it to influence them yeah because we eventually we do we do see them be influenced by their different stones but yeah, yeah uh yeah, it's 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 never been that way that it's going to take yeah, it's going to kill, kill you, you to, har- yeah. to harness it. And then piggybacking off of that, like Mitch said, the Illuminati, they did a six-issue miniseries. Um, I want to say it was issue two, and they even did an homage to the Infinity Gauntlet cover. So this is the one where Reed Richards possesses the gauntlet. Either go pick up in the Illuminati issue two or pick up the trade. I recommend the trade. Yeah, I loved up, it. Definitely pick up the uh, trade. What was it? Jim Chung Jim art? Jim Chung art, yeah. Oh, his art is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like DC stole him recently. He'll be the <laughs> one of the artists on Justice League, but damn. That is, uh, was, that, was that Bendis writing that? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so, I think so, yeah. so too. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. So that one was just a great – that was a great read. That was a great idea. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the Infinity Gauntlet – trade is amazing because again that's jim starlin and jim starlin had basically like thanos was dead for a good at least eight years i think like in comic books so it's like well that's that's big you know i mean he was hyped up as a big character they did his his arc and then killed him um then jim starlin was like i guess he wanted to tinker with some more cosmic stuff so he got on the silver surfer books and there is a fourth trade like i'm trying to get it myself just because it'll give you more depth of story. But that one is where we see how Thanos is resurrected, uh, where he meets death and decides to do this whole like, oh, I'm going to kill half the universe for her. And then luckily by those, and there's going to be two trades out there, so you got to be careful because there's going to be the Silver Surfer epic trade called Infinity Gauntlet. It'll have the Silver Surfer issues, but it won't give you the Thanos quest. So go buy the Silver Surfer trade retitled Rebirth of Thanos, and that'll give you the lead-in issues. Because I recently learned through, uh, I think it's Brian Cronin over at CBR Comic Book Resources, and he always does these like comic book legends. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because Jim Starlin got on the Silver Surfer book and wanted to do this cosmic epic. And it was originally like the Infinity Gauntlet was just going to be a Silver Surfer comic. But the sales were doing so amazing that Marvel was like, okay, make some spinoffs, do some stuff. So they quickly made a spinoff called the Thanos Quest. And that's where we see Thanos go across the known universe and he tricks six elders because at that point it's the elders of the universe. So like the Collector, uh, Jeff Goldblum, whatever his character was. Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. Those guys have the stones. Mm -hmm. So he tricks all six of them to gathering the stones. And then finally they were just like, let's just make – let's make it its own epic in its own book so they created the infinity gauntlet which basically forced the silver surfer book to get canceled (laughs) so that was kind of funny but uh so anyways yeah this is all jim starlin and you know um as we look as you read it i'm sure you're gonna get some ideas of what could happen in avengers 4 and like i said to me as i was looking at that book i feel like nebula is gonna get a big arc uh tony stark will get a big arc because it's robert downey jr and you know with bendis writing the 
not necessarily the newest iteration of Avengers, but like when they got, I forget what that era was, the heroic age. Right. When that era happened and it was Bendis on Avengers Volume 4 with John Romita Jr. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they had a big Infinity, or yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet arc in there as well. And it resulted in Tony getting the uh, gauntlet. So I feel like they'll play with some elements of that as well. But the Infinity Gauntlet story itself will definitely show you. So, I mean, read it with a grain of salt, but also as you read it, be prepared for what will probably be potential spoilers. Before you go into the next one, the suit, the mock suit, or whatever mock number that is that we have of oh, the Iron, current one in the Iron Man movie, suit, yeah. that's the Bleeding Edge suit, right? Yeah, that's why it's got like the symbiote look to it, where right. it just kind of like smothers over him and whatnot, yeah. Okay, just, that's why I just wanted to get that out there. No, and that was a cool one, like, and it was interesting, because like, I think at that point, like, didn't he store it in his bones? And it was interesting, yeah. like, obviously they probably aren't going to explain Isn't that, that for why the they movie. called it the Bleeding Edge? Because it was stored yeah, it inside comes out of, of him, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. it's all coming out of that little piece in front of his chest. Yeah, his ever ready iron man chess piece yeah. yeah my question is is it a part of him or not like did he actually like since i've got this hole in my chest like did he get it put in there or, you know from the sounds of what he says in the movie he says it's detachable but yeah what is it attached to in the first place yeah. is the is the good question and, and if you were doing that why would you have it on the outside of your shirt like to me i feel like you wouldn't want to like expose that you just want to have it on the inside of your shirt yeah but then again it's tony stark it's, it's tony robert downey jr yeah he and then like the the scene when he he suits up, he like pulls his jacket tighter and and stuff like that. So I, I'm guessing so that his clothes aren't loose inside the, the <laughs> machine and it just gets all wonky or something. So I don't know, but it was it was a weird little scenario I would have to say. But I, I like the suit. That I mean, it's a little too much. Like I can do just about anything my, I can imagine with the with this <laughs> suit. Like the, the the part where he's uh, they're the they're all fighting Thanos and he needs to keep the 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 hand open. He needs to keep him from making a fist, yeah. right? At one point, out of nowhere, like you, a piece of Iron Man tech comes and it like forms right inside of Thanos's palm, yeah, forcing the hand, forcing the hand open. open. Yeah. I'm like, man, he actually had something inside there to to you know to do that. And I was like, oh no, it's nanotech. It can be anything. Like it literally, he, anything he can imagine, it will come up. You know, it will be made. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you know, that's that's a little too easy like i mean the idea that that tony has to think of it is is cool but like it's still just like it's it's gonna it's 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 batman's utility belt you know like oh man that was that's the to me that was like the venom symbiote i just look at that i'm like you know because i mean yeah it's neat and it's a great thing but yeah you're right it's just like you know why do you have all those pockets batman because i have everything in here you know uh and then and then it made me really think like do you remember when they did the uh, the, the Ultimates and, you know, we got our first uh, – I don't know if it was our first peek at Iron Man in the Ultimate Universe because I think they did the, the, the Spider-Man oh. team-up book first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the Ultimates book is when they were like – you saw Tony have to wear that uh, Neuro suit in between the armor. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's essentially, you know – Yeah, because he had that green goop on him. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's the idea was that, you know – if I want the stuff to do whatever I want it to do, it has to attach to my nervous system at some point so that it can be responsive. And I was thinking the exact same thing when I'm watching this movie because, you know, (laughs) when Doc Ock is getting his his, his thing, it it had to attach to the back of his brain. And, you know, because it's got to be responsive in that way. And I was thinking the same thing with, uh, with War Machine. Like, there's a scene in the the fight for Wakanda that, you know, he's he's shooting off his arm his wrist 
guns, and then also the Gatling gun on the, his back is coming around shooting at stuff. And it's like, is he is he doing all that with his mind? Is the weaponry just tracking bad guys and and shooting on its own? Like, if if these things are going to work, there has to it has to attach neurally somehow. Yeah, and I I just wish that they would go into that part of the of the suit more, but. I, that's that's completely nitpicking, and that's how good this movie is. Is that you have to go deep nitpick <laughs> to get to find something that really upsets you. Well, yeah, but but it's interesting because you're kind of like I mean, and again, like I get it. For we as comic book fans, obviously our pages are cheaper, so they can oh, draw yeah. that and they can explain it one giant word bubble. You know, you don't have a runtime on a comic book, but or, or it, a budget, you yeah, know, you cost know. of a. CGI. Right? Yeah, but it's like, it'd be kind of neat if they, like, just gave us a hint, you know, like, because, yeah, I, I look at some of that stuff, I'm like, my God, you know, it's like, you don't need a Green Lantern ring. You don't need a, a Venom symbiote. You've got the Iron Man armor, which has just become so bogus. I mean, it's crazy. And I mean, I don't hate it for that because it's like, how, what a, what a great testament to Tony Stark that when we saw what he built in a cave and then what it's become, you know, it's like, holy shit. And maybe we'll see something, obviously, with him being trapped on Titan and then being a very barren planet, you know, maybe we'll have a shout out to something like that. And Thanos could be like, where is his armor? He built it in a cave on yeah. Titan. <laughs> It's going to be part Nebula and part him. Like his armor, his new armor is going to have part Nebula in him or something. <laughs> that could be crazy because that's right. She does have that like cyborgness to right, her. Yeah. So, yeah, that could be crazy. Or, you know, it'd be even more wild. What if she hacks him? Ooh. You know, like that'd be something. That would be. Um, another trade if you guys are interested. So when Brian Michael Bendis took over the Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously to give the book a bigger boost, they had Iron Man go in there. And I thought that was so neat because he brings his armor from Earth. And obviously this is the first time he's meeting Rocket Raccoon and, you know, the Guardians. And, like, I just love the way Rocket would nitpick him. He's like, what is that garbage can you're wearing? Look at this crap, you know. And Iron Man's armor gets destroyed. And he's like, oh, my God, this is going to take me forever to rebuild. And Rocket's like, five minutes. I'll have it done. Not a problem. <laughs> I thought that was neat. And I wish, I wish we could have had some of those interactions to see. But, again, maybe they'll save that for Avengers 4. But I thought that was hilarious. But I did like the space armor. And I like how they took some of those elements and stuck it on the uh, bleeding edge armor. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. Cause like when he had the big cannons off of that came out of his back or right. when he was like, Hey, uh, Friday, I'm going to need an extra little boost. And they built that like ring around his feet to shoot him off. I thought that was cool. Or, you know, when he went to do that, like martial arts kick at Thanos and then all of a sudden his foot turns into like a, a vice that then oh, holds yeah. the arm, the gauntlet down. Like, yeah, I mean, he obviously really knows how to use his armor to, you know, great lengths and stuff, which is which was awesome. But it's just like, yeah, it's it's literally anything that he can imagine, which is a Green Lantern ring. You know, yeah. it's anything that he could ever want. So yeah, so uh, DC, take note. Like, you got some ideas that you got really, <laughs> you got to really do some thinking here now. Yeah, um, no, I I, th- I thought that was amazing. Um, but, but we'll get to more of that stuff in a minute. So jumping jumping back to the trades. Uh, the third trade, I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to assume this is going to be big. The Thanos Imperative. So back in 2003, 2004, maybe 2005, early 2000s, I guess I should have just said. <laughs> um, they decided to relaunch Marvel Space. You know, so it's like, hey, we've got some of these space characters and we got characters that need to be in space. And we got all these alien races. What should we do? So they started off with the Thanos book, uh, Thanos. And, and that book actually reintroduced 
or properly introduce Star-Lord into the Marvel 616. Because when Star-Lord was first created, he was not a Marvel 616 character. He was part of their epic magazines and stuff like that. So anyways, this book introduced that, and and it started playing with more of the cosmic stuff. Uh, Then eventually that book was canceled to make way for Annihilation. Go read that trade. Uh, this the, the Annihilation run, so basically from Annihilation to Annihilation Conquest to Guardian of the Galaxies by DNA, Dan Abnett, and Andy Lanning, culminating into this Thanos imperative. That is a beautiful run of comics. Um, to me, it's on par with Jeff John's Green Lantern. It is just, it takes these characters, it grows them, it's epic space, it's events that matter because, again, this happens on alien planets. So sometimes the heroes can lose because Earth didn't get destroyed, but we do see, you know, a planet get destroyed and things like that. And so anyways, like I was saying, though, it all culminates with uh, Thanos Imperative. So in the Thanos Imperative, we see Thanos is just basically like he's fed up. You know, he just watched Annihilus take over and like basically start he almost won like he almost conquered the known universe um he destroyed the nova core and then he he got his little bugs to infect people and then the people would become little bugs and then they started just mass expansion across the known galaxy luckily it didn't make it to earth and we couldn't even send earth people to help why because we were going through the civil war so kind of that, yeah, I guess actually that would have been 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so that's what was going on there. So Richard Ryder really gets a great growth in his character. Uh, he starts teaming up with Peter Quill because Star-Lord didn't even want anything to do with Star-Lord. He was like, I don't want to do with this because uh, basically Star-Lord had to sacrifice a planet to stop the Fallen One who was the first herald of Galactus. So in order to stop Galactus from eating and the the fallen one from being successful, he had to decimate a planet. So he carried that guilt, and Mm. he actually turned himself into jail, and that's why he met up with Thanos. The Guardian's in it. And the Guardian actually gets like a cool moment. Uh, Guardian from the Shi'ar? No, yeah, from the Shi'ar planet. Okay. Um, And even, uh, what's his name? Uh, Drax the Destroyer. Not Drax. Drax the Destroyer's in it, but um, Ronan. Ronan, uh, Ronan was actually a good guy, yeah. So they're all in there and they're they're doing their thing. So that was Annihilation. They they stop Annihilus and everything's safe. Then Annihilation Conquest comes along, and that's when uh, Ronan. What was his planet? The Zando- no, uh, he's a Kree planet, but yeah, I don't the Kree. Know. So the Kree race, whatever. Whatever. So they actually, they welcome those heroes in and they're like, yeah, you're going to be part of our thing. And Star-Lord's like, cool. And he becomes like the secretary of defense, basically. Mm. And the first time he activates their defense systems, it gets overtaken by Ultron because Ultron was in space. Putting Ultron in space is scary. Like, no holy kidding. shit. Yeah. You know, because obviously he's going to get alien tech, which is just going to boost him up even more. It reminds me of like Brainiac. Yeah. Oh, man. Like it puts those two on such great par. That mm-hmm. was a great idea. So that was the Annihilation Conquest. And that's where we actually get the Guardians of the Galaxy because the Kree people hate Peter Quill. They're like, you did this to us. And he's like, I got sucker punched, man. I'm sorry. I want to help you. So then they do like the whole dirty dozen where it's like, well, here's all these criminals. They're expendable people, so use them. So he meets Groot. He meets Rocket and various other characters that, that he forms the Guardians of the Galaxy with. So eventually they stop uh, Ultron and they manage to save what's left of the Kree people, but at a price. And even that's the one where where Groot dies. So in that story, Groot could talk eloquently. Like he very much sounds like Namor, you know, like, Imperius Rex, how dare you talk back to me, you know? And then finally he, you know, Groot, or sorry, Rocket's the one who puts him in the flower pot. And then we get the, I am Groot, Mm -hmm. you know? And then that went into 
Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a 25-issue run, and it culminates in the Thanos Imperative. So sorry, I didn't mean for that history to go as long as it did. But anyways, with the Thanos Imperative, we see all of Marvel space come together because it's like Thanos is like, if these fucking second-rate guys can do that much damage to the universe... What's the big I need to do, do something, yeah. you know, like I need to step up my game. And this basically goes to like the negative zone. And these guys have to fight like the Guardians have to fight negative versions of the Avengers and themselves, uh, a negative version of Quasar. And Quasar is a major space hero, too. Um, so all of it. And it basically like if you're a Star-Lord and Nova fan... This was a beautiful story. Like, I'm going to spoil it, you know, if you guys don't mind here. But anyways, it culminates with they realize they're they're in the Cancerverse. I'm sorry. Yeah, they were in the Cancerverse, not, not, the, negative not the negative zone. And the Cancerverse is a little bit more scarier because you can't die there. And so the Cosmic Cube is involved, and Thanos is just taking it all over. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to bring the Cancerverse over into the main 616. What you going to do? So the Guardians make a big risky play, and that's when finally, like, they decide, okay, we, we've got a way we can close off this portal. We can make it finally die and end. We're just going to seal it and shut it off. And, you know, everybody's like, okay, let's do this. And, of course, you know, Star-Lord is like, my Guardians aren't dying, so he sends them out. So it's just Peter, Quill, and well, Star-Lord, and uh, Nova, Richard Ryder, and they both, like, make a you know, uh, hell's angels charge right at Thanos and, you know, kill him and kill off the cancer verse. And that was it. So that's like the second or maybe third or fourth death of Thanos. But it was a pivotal story because that actually canceled the guardians of the galaxy book. And it was Mm. like, you've got a great selling book. Why would you do that? You know? (laughs) And it, it really puts that whole Marvel space epic to bed. Cause I like how it begins with, you know, Richard Ryder, who's, who just gathered all the Nova force and he's Nova prime. And then he's dealing with this Peter Quill, who's like, you know, very much gallows humor. And then eventually they get better at what they do. They start getting to a point where they're, instead of waiting for response, they're proactive in space. And it's those two making the ultimate sacrifice. So I thought it was just great. So I would put that on your radar. Cause I, again, it involves the guardians of the galaxy. The guardians of the galaxy weren't in the infinity gauntlet. So I think they'll steal from that epic, from that era. So the three trades, once again, Avengers versus Thanos, that's Jim Starlin's entire first Thanos arc. The Infinity Gauntlet, where we're getting the vast bulk of our story, once again, by Jim Starlin. And then the Thanos Imperative, which is more the modern Thanos arc by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning, a.k.a. DNA. So those three would be what I'd suggest go get. And not to plug, or, well, never mind, it won't matter by this point of airing so never mind <laughs> pesky time travel <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that, that those are the three that you probably want to read if you were you know, you want more of the story or you know a bigger broader history of what what you saw in infinity war and probably what you're going to see in adventures four which brings me to my next topic uh, and what we're going to wrap up with um you know the russo brothers were very much saying you know we're not well so before the coming weeks of Infinity War coming out, uh, everybody's like, oh, you know, we still don't know what the the subtitle for Avengers 4 is going to be. It's still just being called Avengers 4. So most people were like, oh, well, we'll probably find out at the, you know, the credit roll of Avengers Infinity War. Avengers will return in. Avengers whatever. Uh, Then the Roosters Brothers said, no, 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 we're not going to do that because we don't want it to... Uh, we don't want it to spoil anything. And then there, there, you had a fan go on Twitter and say, you know, the fact that we don't know the title of uh, uh, Avengers 4 yet really scares me. And the Russo brothers 
answered them on Twitter saying, you really should. It really should. Wow. Kind of thing. So then a lot of people were like, okay, well, you know, then it's probably going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this year. They're going to announce what the Avengers 4 title is going to be. And then Marvel came out, Kevin Feige came out and said, no, we're not going to even be at San Diego Comic-Con this year. We're not going to have a presence. We're not going to have a panel in, in Hall H. We still want people just to be... Thinking genuinely about what, yeah, it, yeah. generally surprised and and thinking about what it is they watched in Infinity War. Like, what is it that? And just like you said earlier, sitting in your car thirty minutes after the yeah, movie's roll, just like, thinking just about happened? what, what <laughs> absorbing it all. So they're very much. I mean, the movie is a year away. It, it's coming yeah. out two thousand nineteen. Same exact time of the year. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, because if we had to wait another three years, like it's, I'd lose my shit. It'd be hard. It would be very hard. But yeah, we have. So I would assume that we're not going to learn the title of the movie until Captain Marvel comes out in February. Yeah, I think that's where they'll reveal it. Like, you'll see that probably at the end. Captain Marvel will return in Avengers whatever. Or maybe they'll just say in the next Avengers movie. But I I feel that. Like, it's either going to be Captain Marvel or, because I think they really want to build up, maybe D23. D23 isn't happening this year. Oh, no kidding. Because D23, they do it every other year, so their next one is going to be 2019. Oh. Well, no, that's what, so, but would it be before? It would be after. Oh, for some reason I had it in my mind it was in February. I no, thought, it's, okay. usually in, it's usually in July, just around oh, the same okay. time as, uh, as, as San Diego Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Okay. Yeah. I just kind of thought maybe that would be a great way for them to try to beef Boost that up. To, yeah, to, you know, it, just, which I don't doubt they'll do. You know, They'll do something like yeah, that. It'll start being their con. But, uh, yeah, no. I, so my question to you is knowing what we know about comic books and storylines and stuff like that, what is your best educated guess for what the subtitle is for Avengers 4? To me, I think it's going to be uh, Avengers Disassembled. Ooh, I like Just that. Just because of what we saw in this movie, how many characters died. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Just... Or quote unquote died. I don't know. Well, it's a comic book death, movie death. Yeah. And, and, and to me, they went too far. They they killed too many <laughs> characters. Like if they would have just killed like a handful of characters, I would be like, yeah, those deaths probably are mean something. They're gonna they're gonna stay dead. But they killed off half. Well, they killed the new guys. Yeah, they killed off the new guys. They you killed know? off Black Panther. It's like no, his movie made way too much money for him yeah. to be dead. Like I feel like everybody's gonna come back to life. Even Gamora. I feel like Gamora will probably end up coming back to life too. Oh yeah. So, like, maybe the only one that's going to stay dead is Loki and Heimdall. Like, I feel like those are the only two that are probably going to stay dead. Yeah, like, I felt Heimdall, like, his death was, Way all too, right, or, yeah. you know, you don't, not to say he doesn't want to do more Marvel stuff, but it was like, look, your contract's over, and he's probably yeah. like, yeah, I think I'm good, I think I'm good. So I'm good, yeah. I kind of felt like that was a good exit for him and his character. Uh, same thing for Loki with, um, I can't think of the actor, but I kind of felt like it was Tom like, Hiddleston, yeah. yeah. Tom, Tom yeah, for his, and his arc from the first Thor movie, then into... Uh, Everywhere Avengers, <laughs> and then Thor two, Thor three, and then eventually now, you know, yeah, his arc has really changed. I mean, he's actually had character growth. He's oh, yeah. he's a villain that started off as a villain and went all the way over to hero. His character growth in the movies is actually better than his character growth in the comics. I, I yeah, no, I, I agree. mean maybe because it's closer and it's more tight knit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in the comics, I've never really cared about Loki because I'm like hey he's a dick fuck that guy you know <laughs> <laughs> which then I think if this one's called Disassembled and you follow it as the comic books went you know the next one would be Avengers or just new, simply right? new Avengers yeah. yeah so if if they decided to do that what do you think so for me like I look at it as okay you know we're looking at contracts we're looking at the end of phase three right 
Yes. Because that's what something that blew my mind. I thought that Avengers 4 would have been part of Phase 4. No, it's so the So that's going to be the end of Phase 3. Phase so. 4 is going to start with Spider-Man Homecoming 2, which is supposed to take place moments after Avengers 4 ends, yeah. is what we've been told. Yeah. So, But to me, I feel like it's going to be um, Avengers... I just annihilation, annihilation, Avengers so annihilation. Because again, I, I look at like I, I think like especially with them talking about oh let's start developing the Eternals, mm-hmm. you know, and I I, I feel like they're kind of like dude let's do something with the space stuff, let's make the Marvel universe more grand, and what a great way to maybe even have the Fantastic Four spearhead into this, you know, like that would maybe be great. Yeah, you could have the Fantastic Four literally just like. You know, Reed Richards is like, dude, Tony Stark's lost in space. Let me build a rocket and let's go out there and see what we could find. And then they wind up hitting cosmic rays and crash back on Earth. You know, like you could you could spin so much out of that. But so anyways, I feel like Annihilation is the best way to go. Why? Because like I said, Annihilation was the birth, the rebirth of modern day Marvel space. It really brought Thanos back into the limelight. But it also has that ending sound title to it because mm-hmm. disassembled same thing it was the end of an error but you know what is it the the queen has died long live the queen right. that kind of thought process so i feel like that's the title i would go with i'd go with avengers annihilation yeah and i i can definitely see that happening too i just to me i don't want the mcu to go so much into space like i don't want all the properties to end up like we already oh yeah we no. started off there with guardians of the galaxy and then eventually you know thor ended up going there and now infinity war is there like if right. we just if we're just staying in space now the, all the heroes don't seem so grounded anymore we're not we're not in earth we're not fighting like ant-man and the wasp are still going to probably be on earth but the, you know they might even go into the, the microverse, the microverse. Yeah. yeah so that's you we're we're going away from what you know some of the stuff that made the movies really great. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Like I, I prefer them more grounded because having been a you know an avid Avengers reader, did you do Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers? Uh, you'd have to remind me of some storylines. Well, so that was the one with um, they had the two books and they were crisscrossing. So you had New Avengers, which was basically the Illuminati. And then you had Avengers, which was the one where they started building the big ass team, and they had like Proximina, Night, Midnight, or well, but anyways, the reason, sorry, just summing it up quick. So that that went to one of the events called Just Infinity, mm-hmm. and then it, it spanned out. But anyways, I'm glad that you said it that way because it wasn't memorable. Right, it just got too big, too bloated, and it's kind of like same thing. It's like well, the Avengers can teleport and go anywhere in Earth or space. You know, they're just they're too they're too unstoppable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not fun when they're unstoppable. Exactly. We want the Earth's mightiest heroes, but we want them to be Earth's mightiest heroes. Yeah. Well, and you want that because, like, I would love someday to see um, Avengers Under Siege. You know, when the Thunderbolts, or yes. they were when the Masters of Evil came in and they destroyed that. And I mean, it was like. Well, they came in, they beat the shit out of Jarvis. You know, they tortured him in front of the Avengers. Captain America breaks down crying because the last and only photo of his mom was torn to pieces. Ooh. I mean, like, they just got shredded to bits. Like, Thor almost died because I think he got reverted back to his human form and they beat the hell out of his whoever he was at the time, wow. either Eric Masterson or Donald Blake. This one was like, oh, my God. This this could be the end, and but to see them get up out of their own, you know, misery and, and torture and pain and rise to the challenge—that's cool. You know, I don't need to see you know, 
like, and uh, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, so stop me if you want to. But, like, I did laugh because it's like, oh, we're seeing all this shit get destroyed and, and buildings being reduced. And, like, I would almost be to the point where it's like, I almost feel like New Yorkers would be like, we love you, Avengers, but get the hell out of town. Yeah. You know, go live on the outskirts of town. Take Stark Tower and stick it somewhere. Right. Because you're here and now all these neighborhoods just got destroyed. And, you know, the the what were they, the Black Order or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the Black you Order. Know? Yeah, they were on Earth destroyed things yeah it's almost to that point yeah i mean uh, yeah obviously they have a a, in the mcu they have avengers compound which is upstate new york somewhere and and i think one of the things that you brought up with the whole fantastic four i think that's what the i think i think we have a seed in spider-man homecoming when you know uh, they're clearing out a stark tower or avengers tower and they're like oh the new buyers are coming in the new owners of the building and i think that's going to be fantastic for the baxter building how neat like, would that be that that'd be amazing and that that goes right into your idea of a great reed richards is like oh tony stark's stu- stuck in outer space i can do this to you know get him back like yeah. the baxter building brings them back things i want to see in avengers 4 i want to see i would love to see thunderbolt ross create the thunderbolts oh, you know that would be cool. you have zemo you have uh uh, abomination you have uh maybe mandarin like i know that he was kind of kooky and weird and in, in the, but this is where you fix him yeah you, you can fix him in that redeem way the character yeah. you know just have a whole bunch of villains and he makes himself the thunderbolts names it after himself maybe he even somehow recreates the the hulk uh experiment and he becomes red hulk and like red hulk just pops out of nowhere and, uh, and helps out like that'd be kind of cool don't think it's going to happen but it'd be kind of cool. Oh yeah, no, I'd love that. We've we've talked extensively about. It. I'm like, <laughs> I would love to see the Thunderbolts on screen. That'd yeah, I mean, could awesome. you imagine the Secretary of State? You know, becomes a superhero, <laughs> a, a Red Hulk. Uh, also, I would love to see Thor sacrifices himself, and as he's dying, because we know some some of these other characters are going to die. As right. he's dying, he speaks into the hammer, which is Stormbreaker, which is the brand new. You know, they call yep, it Stormbreaker. Yep. I don't think it's going to go to Beta Ray Bill. But like he he speaks into the hammer just like his dad did in the first movie. He said, uh, you know, the person who is worthy shall have the power of Thor. Yeah. And the the hammer flies away, and it goes to. I, I would assume it probably goes to Valkyrie. But I would hope Eric Masterson. Is it would that be where you're awesome. If, I would love for it to go to Eric Masterson. Um, but I I really think that you know the way that way that comic going, books yeah, yeah. is they, they want that jane foster thor but since natalie portman's no longer like Ooh, a, that's wanting good, to be part dots, of yeah. uh you know the the mcu, MCU and all that, yeah. it goes to valkyrie kind of thing that's kind of neat actually i, I could see that yeah. so I, I don't know i think I, those are two things that i would love to see in avengers 4 if they happen i have no clue yeah. Anything in particular you would really love to see? That's not not just like the the Avengers defeating Thanos or something like well, that. Well, like okay, so like some side things. Well, of course, I would love to see Bucky Cap. Like maybe you know Steve falls and you know like obviously I need the Winter Soldier to come back. Uh-huh. That moment hit me hard. Like the two deaths, Star Lord and and and, and uh, Bucky. But I would love to see Bucky Cap because I loved that era. Like when Brew Baker got on there and when they killed Steve and. You know, Bucky coming to turns was like, I can't live up to being Steve. I, you know, I'm such, I'm going through all this stuff. So I'd love to see that get, you know, to see that costume, that design. And see the, you know, I think the funny thing that you bring that up is that because before this movie, because I, I honestly think that the th- the three are going to die. I think Thor, oh, the big three, yeah, Thor, Thor Cap, Man, and Iron Cap. Man are going to die. So I figured, and I figured it was going to happen in this movie, but it didn't. So you have Cap when Cap dies. I was really thinking, like, who are they going to give the shield to? Are they going to go? They're going to go straight to Falcon and jump over Bucky, Bucky or are they going to go to Pal- Bucky first? And I was thinking that's might be why they started calling Bucky White Wolf. Like, 
just because they're gonna like we're gonna make him be White Wolf and we're gonna give the, the shield to, to Falcon, which sucks. But because White Wolf is a not is a non character, who who knows anything yeah. about White well, Wolf? Like, honestly, like I I feel like that White Wolf thing. I just feel like that's like the nickname that village gave him. I don't think it's anything bigger than it needs to be. But T'Challa's calling him that so many times in this movie now. I guess maybe I missed that then. But yeah. I just I don't know. You know, I mean, like I could see that, and it's like, oh, well, this is a great way to keep it in there, and you know, even with Bucky going to his his classic World War II suit when mm-hmm. he was sidekicking it up to Steve. Yep. You know, the signs definitely are in favor of that point out. So, yeah. But, I mean, I, I would just love to see that just because that's one of the characters I follow. Um, and then, I guess, for the the, the, the the last part. Now, this is the tough one because I don't know what they'll want to do to Thanos. Like, I know a lot of people were mad that they humanitized him. But I kind of do want to see. And, again, this harkens back to the end of the Infinity Gauntlet. But once it's all said and done. You know, everybody thinks, oh, well, Thanos is dead and, and whatnot. And maybe it's Tony Stark. Like, probably Tony Stark might wind up taking on some of the roles that Adam Warlock has. You know, like, I would like to see, you know, but that moment when when uh, Thanos basically has his own little space farm in his house mm-hmm. and he's happy, he's content. That's so weird. It was, but I don't know. It just kind of, like, I guess it was one of the times where it's like, because events happen, you know, like the death, death of Justin Todd. You know, Joker is dead, but we know he won't be dead and we don't see what happens. And that's one of the few events where it's like you see the bad guy and they're kind of like, look, man, you did some whacked out shit, but if you stay here, you don't screw around. We're going to leave you alone. We won't poke the bear. So nice. And it gave me as a reader closure, you know, because then you're, you know, like, oh, where is Thanos? Is he in the stones? Did he defeat him? Did he die? You know, you actually got an ending answer. And yeah. I think that'd be kind of neat to see that. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I would love to see that. And I, you know, I thought that the, the whole after he snaps his fingers, you know, he reverts back to that. I don't know, uh, limbo space where he sees young Gamora and stuff like that. I was like, that's interesting that they would show us that right there. Yeah. And then the, the, you know, the scenario of, I will watch the sunrise over the galaxy that I've saved, you know, kind of thing, uh, actually happens too at the end of it. It's like, I, I, there's something more at play here that we're not, we don't understand yet. And I, I I can't wait to find out what that is. There was, uh, there was one more thing too. that I don't, Oh, I, I think, if if Tony ends up dying too, right? Would you like to see him come back as like uh, one of his um, user interfaces? Like you know how he has Friday right now, so mm-hmm. maybe Pepper has her. Oh, so her AI is Tony, and yeah. she's rescue. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm not against it. Like, it's not like, oh, that would, you know, like I, I'm gung ho for it, but I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I'd rather just see like recast the role mm. you know or maybe let let war machine let jim step into that but then again i kind of don't want to see jim leave war machine because i almost feel like that stops his character's growth you know to put him in iron man but they did have that for a while yeah jim was running around in the iron man suit so that's tough so i would almost say maybe and again this is such a controversial one but maybe you do the teen tony thing Ooh. you know so you cast a younger actor to be iron man because something with the time stone i don't know yeah you never know, you know? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting what they end up doing with that character. So Yeah. Well, to me, I'm to a point where I can't wait to see the characters hit that level of James Bond, where it's Ooh, like the next yeah. movie comes. We don't mind that it's a different actor. We're okay with that, and I'm looking forward to when that happens. I mean, I, I definitely feel sorry. 
sorry for whatever actor ends up having to play Tony Stark next because oh, yeah. the it's second like, actor gets it the worst. It's just like uh, whoever's going to play uh, Logan next, you know? Uh, yep. It's just going to be like you. That poor bastard. <laughs> it's going to be the third actor. Yeah, because it's like Brandon Routh. What happened to him? Oh, you're Christopher Reeves. You know, Henry Cavill didn't get that. You yeah. Know? No. Uh, Andrew Garfield got compared to Tobey Maguire. Then Tom Holland came in. Hey, it's, you know, it's so it's to that point where it's like, yeah, the third actor, they're going to have it the best. The second actor, God bless you. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that is our impressions of Infinity War. What we, you know, research that we've done to to show you where you can go to get more about Thanos. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to throw in and talk to us about, we'd love to hear from you. I am on Twitter as Mitchipedia G E R. Uh, Chris is also on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say Should Being Spelled S H U D. The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page. And geekleetradio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Radio Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.